0: Johnny Gargano no longer with NXT last night on NXT 2.0 while Johnny Gargano is giving a heartfelt farewell message to the NXT universe he gets viciously attacked by Grayson Waller plus on AEW Dynamite MJF gets cheered in his hometown of Long Island and Daniel Bryan takes out another member of the dark order ahead of his match against AEW champion hangman Adam Page. We're going to jump into all of this and more tonight on The Debrief. What's going on, everyone? It is The Debrief here on Sports Keto Wrestling. I'm your host, Jose G, next to me. Rico El Glorioso, the top Chico himself. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for joining us. As always, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Smash that notification bell. Help us get to 25,000 before the end of the year. We're really close. We're right there. So go ahead, head on over to YouTube, like, share, subscribe, smash the notification bell. We got tons of content dropping on the daily. But, guys, welcome to the show. We had a jam-packed AEW, a jam-packed NXT 2.0. Rico, you saw War Games. You saw what everybody else saw. Before we jump into all of that, what's up, Broski? How are you?
1: Oh, man, good, man. We are on the road to winter is coming, as if it wasn't already here. Uh, But we're one week away from another awesome AEW special event that we're going to get on a Dynamite. And it's just it's getting closer and closer. It's the end of the year, closer to the holiday season. You're in the festive mood. I see it in your background there. Boom. You got right the there. Christmas tree going up. It is the right current there. WWE champion. Man, it's a good week, and we got a lot of good wrestling ahead of us. But how are you doing, Jose?
0: I'm doing great, man. Ready to jump into all of this. Let's talk about Dynamite, man. Dynamite was a pretty good episode. The go-home show for winter is coming, set for next week. We were in Long Island, New York tonight, the whole place. Of not only Johnny Hungy, but we also got the home place of one Maxwell Jacob Friedman, mm-hmm. MJF, and the crowd was definitely hot for him. Not as hot as Chicago, according to CM Punk, but CM Punk uh, came out oh. to MJF's music just to troll the Long Island people. Not only not only he was trolling the Long Island crowd, but he was trolling the Long Islanders the Islanders hockey team because they seem to can't get a win uh for the longest time. And that just didn't sound. But anyways, CM Punk trolling the Long Island crowd. He thought he was like, I thought you had more in you, but Chicago's just way better. I What did you think, man? I kind of have to tend to agree with him, man that that when you hear the war of a Chicago crowd compared to the mini war that we got from MJF, uh, It it was kind of evident. However, I almost felt this was Punk's job to rile up the crowd in order for when MJF did come out, he can get that pop. So I think that's what he was doing. He was working the crowd, getting him riled up. What did you think of this opening segment tonight?
1: I thought it was great because this is, you know, you flip the script because you know CM Punk is the babyface. MJF is the heel going into this whole thing. And this is the one place where MJF is really going to get cheered because it is his hometown crowd. And of course, it's not going to be as loud as Chicago because clearly, you know, Punk is who he is and it's in Chicago. He's the baby face. He's so over. And he pointed out plenty of times. However, MJF, he's hated. So even in his own home city, even in New York, People are going to want to boo him, but at the same time, he's from New York. People want to cheer him. So that's why he kind of got like a real mixed reaction, and they were trying to do chants at CM Punk in here. I could barely make out what they were trying to say half the time. I know. But CM Punk comes out like the heel. He's the one running down the, you know, the the sports teams of the, of the location that they're at. And it works so perfectly for this feud. And, you know, only in this one place is CM Punk going to be this, like, level of heel until he officially turns heel. But as a babyface... It works in this dynamic, in this weird kind of like Twilight Zone-esque era or area where CM Punk comes out as a heel, runs down the town, runs down the local boy, even though he's the baby face. And then when the heel comes out, just like you said, it was all to build up when he came out because he had a great video package, by the way, before his hilarious into the Dynamite Battle Royal. I could only imagine
0: the guy that that was doing that voiceover, he had to stop and laugh several times. That's easy, like a 10 or 15 take type of decision, because I would be dying laughing in the studio. It was so good. Yeah. But it was a it was a very good promo, a nice little vignette there that they had on the side uh before MJF made his way into the ring for the uh for the battle royal, which by the way was a pretty damn good battle royal, but we now we know for the third time in a row or fourth time <laughs> in a row, MJF will be heading into the match that will determine who we be will be the winner of the dynamite ring. Uh, but it was a pretty damn good um Battle royal we had the final three were Mjf Ricky Starks and Dante Martin uh how about that swerve there with a uh, Leo rush and Dante Martin I kind of thought that uh that was in the works I kind of felt like okay these two why would he just sign so quickly with team Taz these two kind of have something in the works and we kind of we got to find out what happened there but a lot of little stories told in this battle royal tonight
1: yeah they did a Really good job. Like you said, like putting on these little, you know, keeping these storylines still going. Uh, we had like Leo Rush being the one to eliminate powerhouse Hobbs, you know, and of course he wants to get eliminated and then MJF gets cheered for everything he's doing in the hometown. He even eliminated his own bodyguard in Wardlow as Wardlow was taking out uh, Lee Johnson and Leo Rush at the same time. But then it put the odds against him because it was just MJF versus two members of team Taz. And even though Dante Martin came out with some fresh team-task team, ga- team task gear, it didn't last long because right as it looked like they were going to double-team Ricky Starks and uh, Dante Martin against MJF, Dante hits that swerve. I didn't think it was going to happen here. I thought, again, we were thinking about like a longer story when his brother would eventually come back and try to win him over. But it looks like this was his plan all along, was to have the numbers game possibly in this battle royal. And when the opportunity struck, Dante took it. And of course he wound up ripping off the armband. So he's back to being a baby face. Uh, but MJF did such a good job here because he, uh, not only after it came down to those two, you know, he started strutting around the ring cause he's for the third time going to be in the finals for the diamond uh, for his diamond ring. So he's hopefully, hopefully not going to be losing it. And he winds up shaking Dante Martin's hand. It's like, okay. So it's so a bit of sportsmanship. He goes up the ramp, Ricky Starks winds up attacking Dante because, of course, you know, he turned on him and Team Taz. Uh, Taz on commentary is upset. MJF does a whole struggle, like, should I go down and help? No, I'm not. I'm not a baby face. I'm like, should I? But the crowd cheers him. He just takes off like a speeding bullet, gets into the face of Ricky Starks.
0: Pushes him.
1: Yeah, pushes them. They shove each other. And then they both beat down on Dante Martin, which, of course, brings out CM Punk. And then CM Punk and Dante worked together and wound up hitting Ricky Starks with the go-to-sleep. So I enjoyed it. This was a really entertaining uh, Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. I'm interested to see how this matchup is going to work between Dante Martin and MJF. Because you kind of assume it's going to be a three-peat. But you never know. They could give the rub to Dante Martin, especially what happens, but probably shenanigans with Team Taz and everything. So expect a three-peat. I think this is going to be the one thing that MJF does every single year until Wardlow betrays him. Like, Wardlow's going to be the one that wins that dynamite diamond ring. But uh, until then, he could probably win this thing every single year.
0: Yeah, and 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 I wouldn't be mad about it. You know, he's kind of like the guy that's kind of made that that ring, that gimmick that the dynamite ring is, uh, you know, pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about some of these matchups in the Battle Royal, though. Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow, oh, the man. two powerhouses of AEW. These are the two behemoths of that promotion and they were going back and forth at each other trying to shoulder tackle each other they weren't none of them were budging i thought dude i'll kind of want to see this on on a, on a bigger scale i want to see this you know 10 15 maybe 20 minute matchup between these two because i think these two can do something special oh just brawl it out just Two big beefy guys in that ring. We saw
1: just a glimpse of it here in the Battle Royal, but that's yeah, that's gonna be a dream matchup coming up very soon.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, let's get into some of these uh, some of these other matchups that we had today on AEW Dynamite. We had an eight man tag team match: Jurassic Express and the Varsity Blondes with uh, with Pillman Rockin, the most powerful mullet in pro wrestling <laughs> right now, uh, going up against the Acclaimed and Two with the Acclaimed. Platinum Max dropping some bars on, on Governor Cuomo in New York. Oh man, that's, oh man, every time he drops a bar, I always I always get a nice little chuckle. Uh Jurassic Express and varsity bonds uh blondes got the win on this one. Uh 2.0 and Daniel Garcia attacked Eddie Kingston backstage after Eddie Kingston caused a little distraction outside uh for uh both uh the acclaimed and 2.0. Uh so yeah, so th- that's gonna happen. Later down the line, but it was interesting because Santana looks like he got involved, so it looks like we're getting a little LAX reunion with Santana and uh, was it, was it Ortiz? I think it was Ortiz. Ortiz it was Ortiz, yeah, and and um, and Eddie Kingston, so that should be cool,
1: yeah. It's, I mean, and they're from New York too, so it made all the sense, which it kind of sucked that they didn't have Santana and Ortiz together on the show, but that's fine, it looks like they're building something here, but yeah, uh, Daniel Garcia tried to get involved in that match. Eddie Kingston, to you a know, big pop from the crowd, winds up taking him out. But as he's getting into Cameron, Ortiz is like trying to get him to calm down for some reason. Uh, they get attacked from behind. So, yeah, I could see this becoming a six-man tag match between 2.0 and Dana Garcia and LAX and Eddie Kingston, which I think would be great. It just kind of stinks that it wasn't on tonight's show because I think that would have been another great six-man tag match that they could have had here.
0: Yeah, man. And then uh, off the heels of that, we had another multi-man tag match, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole and, uh, and Brandon Cole. And Brandon Cutler versus Chaos Chuck Taylor at Rocky Romero with the Young Bucks getting a win in a hell of a tag team match. I thought this was one of uh, another really great uh, matchup. But it was the return of Trent of best friends that made the night in that matchup with mom with mom bringing her down with Sue and Sue's van driving into uh, into the into the stadium. And Trent got a nice little reaction. Trent looking shredded, great. looking great. He had spinal surgery, looking like he's not lost a beat. He hit a spear. He had a couple of moves. He looks great. Uh, and I'm glad that Trent is back. Oh, yeah. And without the hair,
1: too. He's going with the little buzz cut going on here. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was great. Brain Sue, they, they keep her around, which I think is awesome. Uh, so, of course, uh, the even better spot was at the end. So after Trent helps clear out uh, the super click away from ringside and we have all the best friends, Chris Statlander actually brought Sue from the van to the ring and they got oh, to that was a
0: big old family
1: hug there. Cause you got to give the people what they want, Jose. And it especially was. when you include Sue, Chris Statlander, Willie Yuta, and the return of Trent. I thought it was great. I just kind of wish now they, they could have done like a little backstage segment with uh, Rocky too, but you know, that that's fine it's okay (laughs) it was there good he was there for the hug so they couldn't they
0: can expand any more on it but yeah it was a good spot a couple other things that went (coughs) excuse me (coughs) excuse me Uh, a couple of other things that went down on tonight's dynamite we had a couple backstage promos ftr and tully blanchard calling out the lucha brothers because the lucha bros have not been able to beat them they do have a tag team match for the aew titles coming up this Friday night at Rampage. We had another backstage segment with Ruby Soho getting interrupted by the Bunny and Penelope Ford. Uh, they're actually going to be teaming with Nyla Rose on Friday for a six-woman tag team match versus Ruby Soho. And two other members that we, she can find, which now we know it's going to be Anna Jay and Ty Conti, that's going to be teaming up with Ruby Soho uh, this coming Friday night. And then we also had another interview with Tony and, and and Sammy Guevara, right on stage on the ramp. And this was actually a promo that oh, led man. into America's top teams and and the uh, and the men of the year uh doing a promo between each other because now that we found out that Cody is going to be accepting or gonna be added for the open challenge for that TBS uh for that TBS title. Uh Tony Khan made the match official. Cody will be challenging for that title again. And then that's when the men of the year Started complaining, bitching, and complaining about uh, about that, and Such he also heel. dropped some news that Dan Lambert is coming back.
1: Such a heel, man. Cody just coming out all smart. Hey, we're both good guys here. Oh, I love you it. Like I he, love he. You like how he's gonna walk, the walk
0: through the heel tunnel, love. and he reminded, oh no, I gotta turn around.
1: It was oh so good. He's he understands. He's playing us. So just like we were talking about, you know, last week about the reaction to Cody. He's fully just going full into the heel turn, but doing it in a babyface way, which I think is great. But Ethan Page made a good point. Like, of course, here comes Cody, and he wants to answer the open challenge because why not? It must be nice being an EVP and being best friends with Tony Khan. So he he has some very valid points, and I think him having a match with Sammy Guevara is going to be a good match. I mean, probably not going to see him win against Sammy, but. Sammy versus Cody should be a good match, too. And if you're setting up the four pillars, then you need to have somebody like Cody do the rub to Sammy. But if you want to give him the extra heel heat, even though he's not a heel, taking that title
0: back is going to get him a lot of heat. So I think so. I think so. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, A couple other things that went down uh, backstage and interview-wise. We did have an announcement. Taz announced that Hook will be making his in-ring debut on dynamite against Fuego del Sol, uh, Twitter started going crazy about this announcement. And guess what? Do you know what they call hook fans? What do they call them? hookers. <laughs> so apparently, there's a whole community <laughs> of hookers—not in the sexual way, but fans of Hook on Twitter. He's like he, he's like super over on Twitter. So hook fans. Oh, uh, watch out, yeah, dude. I don't, I had no idea about that, but yeah, there's a pretty big following for Hook uh, on Twitter, so yeah, so that, that, that was announced. And then Tony Schiavone had another interview with the varsity blondes this time. Uh, then the lights go out, Malachi Black appears, spits the mist in the varsity blondes in Julia Hart's face. Lights go out, and he vanished. Don't know exactly what that's all about. Uh, they should have saved this for earlier in the night if you had varsity blondes. Out earlier in the night, why didn't you do that interview late earlier in the night? Don't know why that happened. (laughs) Uh, we had had a women's matchup here, Riho versus Jamie Hader. Uh, good matchup here, fun matchup for Riho. She now has officially earned her number one contendership against Britt Baker. Uh, this was pretty much a three on one matchup, the entire matchup, right?
1: Yeah, for the most part. And the biggest thing that they kept Reiterating throughout the entire match is, Doctor Britt Baker has never pinned Rio, so guess what? She's gonna pin or she's gonna make her submit on uh, Rampage with the Lockjaw. So surprise, or uh, our winner is coming. Whenever having their their women's championship match, but yeah, Britt Baker's winning. Rio's not winning. Sorry.
0: All right, get into your questions before we get into the main event. Uh, Anthony Manzano is asking Jose. Do you think that was a good swerve with Dante and Leo Rush outsmarting Team Taz? Or do you think once Dante's brother comes back that he's going to be a three-man stable? Well, you know, it should be noted that his brother has been out for several months on injury. Uh, Dante Martin has definitely stepped up to the plate when it comes to, um, you know, putting on some great matches as a singles competitor. I think under the guidance of Leo Rush, he can go even higher. I think this was great, the swerve that he did on, on Team Taz. Because initially it got me, I was like, Well, why would he just sign all of a sudden? But I, in the back of my mind, I was always thinking this has to be some type of setup between Leo and Dante. I wasn't 100% sure. Nonetheless, tonight we got to find out that it was indeed a setup. So, yeah, good the,
1: stuff. Oh, the only thing is, like, Leo didn't come back and help Dante, though. It was CM Punk that came out and made the save. So, you know, hopefully they'll dive more into the relationship now between Leo and Dante. If he, you know, if it was a plan all along or hopefully they'll get, there'll be more than just a, Oh no. You know, he just decided in that moment to turn
0: baby face again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely here. Uh, yeah. So let's jump into this main event. Daniel Bryan and John silver, Johnny Hungy, Johnny Hungy putting on a hell of a match against Daniel Bryan to, to some point where it made me believe that he could potentially tap out Daniel Bryan with that heel hook. He had it in tight. Daniel Bryan did a great job of uh, of selling it and making it believable. But Daniel Bryan, bro, what is this, the third week in a row that he main event and closes out an AEW Dynamite show? Yeah, he stopped. He even went over it. the list after the
1: match, after he basically KO'd uh, John Silver. He said, Evil Uno kicked his head in. Cole Cabana kicked his head in. Johnny Huggy kicked his head in. And all this to prove a point, that he's been a man of his word. He said he was gonna stop the heading of every single member of the Dark Order until he had a match against Hangman Adam Page, which we'll have next week. And he stayed true to it. So he made his point in a very brutal and violent way, but he made his point. He has not lied to us yet.
0: No, not at all. And and, and I love that he continues doing all the heelish stuff that he's continued to do. Uh hangman Adam Page came out later on uh to pretty much defend john silver then he got on the mic and said that he's promised to stop a the cowboy shit out of him next week at winter is coming so we good guys know that we do have an aew title match next week early prediction on this one rico hey man <laughs> I, I love I, yeah i love uh b dan but
1: yeah it this is the culmination of the two-year storyline for Hangman become champion, you're not going to have him drop it this quickly to Brian Danielson. As great of a match as it's going to be, because it's going to be a spectacular match, it's still not time for him to drop the title, especially when you have a CM Punk or an MJF that is waiting in the wings because in that promo earlier tonight, CM Punk even said, "Like I'm keeping an eye on this championship match next week because I want dibs. I want that winner next for that AEW championship but I gotta handle MJF. And admittedly, whoever wins in our match is probably gonna be next in line for that title shot. So, you know, it's it sets up some pretty interesting dynamics. I mean, you would assume MJF be CM Punk. So you would kind of assume it would be Hangman because it would set up that uh heel baby face dynamic. But I wouldn't be mad if it was the other way around, too, because I would not be mad to see Brian Danielson versus CM Punk for the AEW championship either. So out of those two Everything- matches, any of the results. I'm actually okay with.
0: It. <laughs> it really is a win-win situation for the fans, yeah, right? Because any way you look is. at it, it's gonna be is gonna be good. Uh, but from a storytelling uh, standpoint, you know, depends on what happens. That winner is coming next week. Mm-hmm. Um, both of the veterans can put over these young guys, right? So like Daniel Bryan can put over Page, mm-hmm. CM Punk can put over MJF, and then we'll have an uh, an MJF Hangman situation, which is okay too. Because that really solidifies AEW putting the faith into their talent as opposed to bringing an ex-WWE guy. So that makes a smart a, a smart choice. However, is the time right to do it at Winter's coming or do you wait for Revolution? That's the question. That's what we got to find out now.
1: Uh, plus, it's going to be in Orlando and they set up some really great events for that weekend for Revolution. So I do kind of want them to know Hold off to something big for evolution so we we can hopefully see that in person.
0: We go into that. We We go 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 into that. All right, guys. uh, uh, If you're just joining us here for the first time, go ahead and sound off where you're watching us from, where, what part of the world. You are tuning in to us if you're watching us on your iPad, on your iPhone, on your TV. We greatly appreciate you. We thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe to the Sports Keto Wrestling channel on YouTube. We are well on our way to 25,000 subscribers help us get there before the end of the year by like sharing and subscribing and smashing that notification bell we got great content dropping every single day of the week monday nights we have legion of raw with dr chris featherston and vince russo bro so they're breaking down raw every wednesday night you got us here jose enrico on the debrief friday night dirty dutch mantel ricochino and sp3 they break down smackdown and aew rampage Plus, we've got daily top story reports every afternoon, breaking news. And we got tons of content, top five and list videos dropping on the daily on our YouTube channel. So go ahead, smash that notification bell, like, share, and subscribe. So that way you never miss whenever we drop brand new stuff. And if you're on Instagram, give us a follow because we got a brand new show on Instagram that drops every Thursday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday morning, 9.30 Indian Standard Time. Where we have Diamond Dallas Page, bang with Vince Russo and Doctor Chris Featherstone in the Bro Show, so you can check that out also on our Instagram. So we just got ton of stuff all the time dropping on the daily for you guys. Let's jump into NXT, Rico. Oh, well, we gotta give it a rating, Jose. Oh, talk rating? so highly of Dynamite. What what would you rate it? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a solid 8.5. I think it's, uh, it, it merits. It had good matches. It was entertaining. It flowed. It was nothing like the promo battle that we had two weeks ago. But nonetheless, seeing MJF getting cheered and that promo that he had, I think that kind of really made it for me tonight.
1: Yeah, it was right down to because between 8 and 8.5. But I think all the little things they did with MJF, you know, even having CM Punk as a heel, that intro package that he had before the Dynamite Battle Royal. I thought was spectacular. So I'm going to agree with you this time. I'm going to give it an 8.5, especially with the return of Trent. The best friends are reunited and it feels so good. The only thing that would have made it better if we had a little bit of Miro, but you know, he's still recovering. He's still, he's still doing his thing. He's hopefully we'll get him back soon because he, he would have been a great person. Imagine if we got like Miro versus MJF for that uh, Dynamite Diamond. That would have been fantastic. But, you know, other than that, I thought it was a solid show. Raw and Riho and uh, Jamie Hayter put on, a, you know, honestly a better match than I expected considering all the matches mm-hmm. that they've been putting up for the TBS championship uh, in that tournament. So it was a really solid episode all the way around
0: for AEW. Uh, Steven Chambers 7 because of No Miro. Yeah, the Miro has not been <laughs> featured really on TV now for several weeks. He did have a promo last week. Uh, it was like a video promo. Uh, well, he was like in a back uh, white background. But no chirp from Miro this week. And uh I'm just I'm tired of complaining about it. So I'm just not even gonna bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I'm just showing off some of you guys' scores here. We got Paul main with an eight, Richard Ronaldi with an eight, Ricky Castillo with a nine point five. He's being real generous tonight. Uh Anthony Manzano with a seven point five. Guys, keep sounding off in the comments. Let us know uh what uh what you thought of aew tonight and yes ricky castillo is right uh miro is low-key hurt he has been dealing with severe neck issues now for a long time which is one of the reasons why he's not been featured on tv so yes you are right about that Uh, and christopher and ryan cooper giving us an eight for his aew dynamite rating so let's jump into nxt because nxt saw the fallout of war games this past sunday which I thought it was a pretty good war games. You know, we're still back at the CWC. Um, This is the second year in the CWC that they do the war games. Usually we have this in front of a big, big crowd. Um, I think they did the best that they could with the situation and the space, but it wasn't entertaining uh, war games. Opened up with the war games, closed out with the war games. Team 2.0 clearly got the win and got the seal of approval to usher in this new era of 2.0 stars and that was very evident not only by the opening match of nxt but also with the closing segment of nxt as in the closing segment we had johnny gargano being attacked by grayson waller and in the opening match we had kyle o'reilly getting defeated by one vaughn wagner in a steel cage match and by the way if you guys did not notice wwe gave you three cage matches in a row Sunday war games, Monday <laughs> opens up with the cage match on raw and Tuesday mm-hmm. opens up with the cage match. So you've yep. got three straight days of cage matches. I don't want to hear any complaints of anybody saying WWE sucks. It's the same thing every single day. I hate them. You got three straight days of cage matches. I don't want to hear any complaining because all three cage matches. Guess what? They were good. Yeah.
1: Do you think we're going to get one on Friday? <laughs> It's a surprise. Cage that's, match what on, on myself, <laughs> that's what I was asking myself.
0: That's what I was asking myself because I'm I I saw the opening of an. I'm like, oh, okay, another cage match. And I'm like, damn, I wonder if Friday's gonna get one too. This is like, it's almost like the complete that the raw where I was like, well, we can't oh, get okay. a war game, but I I want a steel cage match too because NXT got a steel cage match war game, oh, so we're gonna do one. But he's like, oh yeah, well we're gonna open up with the, with a cage match too on Tuesday night. So I think. I don't think I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we're gonna get one on Friday because it's already like three or four days past. But yeah. uh, but that would be funny.
1: Yeah, because it felt like USA Network was like the the more childish out of that because it was Friday SmackDown. It was a Sunday pay per view, and then that's why like Monday. Oh, we need a cage match too to make up for it because oh, why does Fox get in? Why does the pay per view have it? We can't have one on USA. I don't think Fox is gonna be that petty as well as SmackDown is doing
0: right now. I don't think they need it.
1: But I would be surprised if we got a surprise cage match surprise to start off match. SmackDown. Yeah. That, that'll just, just be cause.
0: hilarious. That'll just be hilarious. Uh, but the overall feel of NXT uh, after a Fallout episode of, of War Games, um, it kind of felt the only thing that really interested me was the opening and the beginning. Nothing really in the middle kind of kept me engaged in the show. You know what I'm saying? We had a lot of vignettes. We had a little bit of fallout from what happened with the hair versus hair match with Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson. Going back to a recycled storyline from over 20 years ago with Kurt Angle, you know, getting his shaved off and using the whole wig angle. So we're getting that. Um, So, again, nothing really to sink my teeth in. Um, Again, you know, the overall episode was okay. Okay. The one thing that really did kind of raise my eyebrow was Braun Breaker, bro. Braun Breaker continues to impress the hell out of me. He challenged Tommaso Ciampa for another rematch uh, since he pinned him at war games. So now he says that he's one-on-one. The Diamond Mine interrupts Braun Breaker so he, he can claim that he is the champion. So he's lifted all the weight limits uh, from the Cruiserweight Champion. He's really trying to go to any contender that he can go there. And Malcolm Bivens... Says that Roderick Strong has his eye on him, and Breaker's like, I don't care who the hell I gotta beat in order to get to champ. I'll beat all of you guys right now. You know what? I accept your challenge. So he's got a match next week with Roderick Strong. I'm looking forward to that match. That match should be really good. uh But Braun Breaker, man, absolutely killing it. Got that solid win on Sunday night. Had a great promo on Tuesday. The, even even the main roster stars are taking notice of braun breaker you got titus o'neill today on the bump saying that he is a future champion natalia saying the same thing dolph ziggler same praising singing praises on braun breaker on what how good he is uh w- w- what's your what's your take on all of this what was this how was his performance this week it's been great i mean he's still getting
1: better on the mic and he's gonna Get better with more confidence, more repetition. Uh, he's really starting to really own his voice. He knows, he understands. He sounds very much a lot like his uncle and his dad. He's got. He's starting to bark on his way to the ring too, to give homage to his dad. He's really falling into his own, into this character. And I think the more he, you know, does more promo work, more great matches he has, he's only going to get better and better. And you could tell, just like you said, that they see big things for him. He was the MVP, basically, of that men's war games match, especially that end, which, by the way, I feel bad for Carmelo Hayes because I'm sure his life flashed before his eyes. When you are in the fairytale ending, you're lifted up, and the next thing you see upside down is Braun Breaker running full speed ahead right at you, and thankfully Tommaso Ciampa was timed it well enough and strong enough to throw him out of the way because if not, he would have speared Carmelo's head through Tommaso Ciampa. But uh, he continues to do good work. Do you think we're gonna have an NXT Cruiserweight Champion Braun Breaker? Is he gonna be the next like Triple Crown or be able to like the dual wheel belt? But he's gonna have the Cruiserweight belt as he put all the belts the on Braun Tampa. Breaker. Put all the yeah, belts right? on Braun
0: Breaker. Give yeah, him, give can... him the Cruiserweight. Give him the North American. Give him the, <laughs> give him the main the ta- title.
1: Give him the Put them all was, on him. him. Yeah. He just looked yeah, like ultimate Dragon, just holding all the titles of NXT.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, dress him up with all the belts. Absolutely, man. I'm all about it. I think he's doing a great job. Uh, Braun Breaker absolutely killed it. Definitely the highlight of NXT this week um, because they have a lot of faith in him. Uh, but moving along to some of the other things that went down, Brooks and Jensen and Josh Brakes got a win over the Creed Brothers, which I was very surprised about that especially since the Creed brothers have been on such a tear recently. And um, and, and for Brooks, uh, for Josh and uh, and Brooks to get this win over the over the Creed brothers, man, it was a sneaky win, but a win nonetheless. Of
1: course, you have GYV over here still with their shenanigans and stealing the tag rope. And the poor guy. He was like, I can't tag. The rope is not there. And the ref is telling him, no, you have to get the corner, grab the rope. It's not here. But, of course, even though they did have a – a weird kind of meeting of the minds. Briggs and Jensen got the win over the Creed brothers. Uh, but of course we got to see a little bit more combination of this backstage as they were in the back celebrating with jacket time. Uh Casey Canzaro and uh Caden Carter had two tickets for a concert, whatever it, they took them up on it. And then GYV is upset. And now we're going to get a feud between Grizzly and Veterans and jacket time. I mean, okay.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Cool. <laughs> Should be a good match, now, but that's a weird way I to get don't, there. I don't know where the direction or the angle is for Jack time. I almost feel like this is exactly what they would be doing in the main roster. They would be stuck doing backstage segments, comedy segments, instead of instead of focusing on the awesome wrestling that Kushida could be doing right now, or the awesome wrestling that Ikamanjiro can be doing right now because the both of them are tremendous performers and right now their time is being wasted backstage exactly like they would be if they were on main roster on smackdown or on raw sad so good because very sad
1: in the ring and they're doing this with him but
0: we had a big return uh this week on nxt dexter loomis sexy dexy's back Faced Carmelo Hayes. He was supposed to face Trick Williams, but Trick Williams apparently had an eye injury. Don't know exactly what the eye injury was. Me formerly working 20 years in the eye industry. Uh, I'm not sure if he had a scratched cornea, detached retina, or anything of that sort. Uh, but he looked pretty fine to me. Uh, but it was a fun matchup. Dexter Loomis was able to get a DQ win uh, over Carmelo Hayes. And as we look, as this story continues... And then we get the culmination, and we find out who the shaman is, Rico. And now we know that it is the bro. Bro. Riddle Uh, is the shaman, giving some words of encouragement to MSK, telling them not to change their ways, to continue being who they are, and they are going to soar higher than what they are. They're mainly worried that they peaked so early, and they're afraid that they won't be able to achieve that height of success again, uh, so Riddle just reassured them, "Stay on your path, and everything's gonna be fine." Fun little segment. Then Riddle is like, "Hey, what's in the bag, bro?" He's like, "We'll open it." And they're like, "Bro," they're like, bro. Bro. "Bro," they're like, "Bro." So that was fun. So you know, they were having a nice little smoke session. That was great. Um, supplies, Jose. They just but, have oh, supplies. whatever. They, supplies. There was just. They were you was just insinuate.
1: you have to assume what it is. They just have supplies that they were partaking and sharing with the shop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh Santos Escobar had a matchup with Zion Quinn. Man, I I could not believe that uh that Santos Escobar was able to defeat Zion Quinn because Zion Quinn is just such an imposing figure. But he does have this story going on with Electro Lopez on the side. Electro Lopez, for some reason, put the brass knuckles on Quinn's hand, not sure if he was trying to help him out or just distract him, and that's the way Escobar was able to capitalize and get the win. But it looks like this storyline is far from over. Uh The sexual tension is there, bro. Like, you, dude, like, you see when they look at each other, and I'm like, these two just need to, like, bang and get it over with.
1: Are we going to get a new telenovela but NXT style? I said Mysterios, now we got a new novela?
0: La Casa de Electra I love it right I love it because they're playing a really interesting game where please give me a telenovela NXT (laughs) because I think that would just improve the show so much more
1: it's just like everything she's doing is very like in the gray area where you can't tell if she's Doing something on her own, or she's doing it for Santos and like trying to lure Zion Quinn into a false sense of, you know, security with Elektra. They're doing something really interesting here. And I'm interested to see how it's all going to play out because, yeah, it's was this all on purpose? Does she really have a thing for Zion? Who knows how they're going to decide to play this that way? But, you know, considering what they did, like we said with the Mysterios. We'll see how corny they want to get with this or how really kind of methodical and strategic, like playing a game of chess between Santos, Electra, and Zion that we can get. So who knows? Who knows how this is going to play out? We'll see.
0: I have no idea. Steve Chambers commenting on Facebook. wonder if we may see Santos get kicked out of the faction and put Zion in. I find that highly unlikely. He's um,
1: that's why this the guy with the
0: <laughs> Yeah, I find that highly unlikely. Plus, Zion, I don't think he's he wants to be part of a stable. I think he just wants to be his own guy. And I I don't know. Um, that's just that's just me. Uh let's see what uh let's see what happens down the line for uh for Zion and Santos. I'm I'm captivated by the story, especially with Electro Lopez being involved in here. Uh let's see, we did have a Another segment, not backstage, but in the most dangerous area of the entire CWC, Rico, which is where? Where? It wouldn't be in a parking lot, would it? Exactly (laughs) right. It was in the parking lot at the CWC where Carmelo Hayes confronted Roderick Strong because of lifting the weight and the limit. But he just reminded Roderick Strong that he is the A champion. Then we also had another little parking lot uh, situation where Grayson Waller was trying to, I think, hit on this young lady, and this young lady ended up going with the megastar L.A. Knight. Yeah! Ended up getting in that nice red Corvette of him from, like, 2004, and and that didn't sit well with Grayson Waller because Grayson Waller wants to get the hit, which motivated him later in the night to attack Johnny Gargano, not only with the chair, but powerbombing him through the announce table.
1: Now Jose, do got a question for you about this women's division. First of all, are you interested at all at this Tiffany Stratton and this little daddy's girl gimmick
0: that we got going on? I I am intrigued. I'm actually a little annoyed about it though because I feel like okay, here's just another entitled rich white girl, probably blonde, that's going to get and take a spot from a lot of these other deserving girls that uh that, that deserve a spot. But she wants to be NXT champion. She's a gymnast. She's a tennis player. She She's an athlete. So you can expect more of this type of stuff to come down the pipeline, Rico. This is what we're getting.
1: So we'll see if she's able to prove herself as uh, Robert's letting us know in the chat that, yeah, she's been on 205 Live, which is great. But we'll see how that translates over onto NXT 2.0. Because now the women's division is starting to pick up more because it seems like we might have another challenger for Mandy Rose's NXT Women's Championship, as Cora Jade came out after Toxic Contraction, of course, got the win over uh, Valentina Feroz and Ulisa Leon. Uh, she did beat Mandy Rose a couple weeks ago, and she pinned her at War Games. So very much how Braun is challenging Tommaso Ciampa for the, AW, for the NXT Championship. We do have Cora Jade staking a claim at the NXT Women's Championship. So do you see this young gunner, the youngest woman there that Looked like she dislocated her arm because, man, that dive. She was the one that did the high spot. Her and Grayson Waller, the two youngest people in each of their respective matches, had the big spots off the top of the cage. She looks like she is going to get that next title shot against Mandy Rose. Could she I'll pull it a like she did before?
0: I'll tell you right now. I wasn't Team Cora Jade, but I am now. And one of the main reasons is because, unfortunately, you know, her boyfriend did get released during the last round of cuts. But I think that was the best thing that could happen to her because that whatever that story was between her boyfriend and her backstage, it wasn't really hitting. Now what she's doing, I think people are trying to pay attention. Plus, she is doing just as good, or right up there, with Paige. Paige at a very young age, ten years ago. All right, two thousand twelve, when she made her Raw debut on the main roster, she won the Divas Championship that very day. Okay and she was only 21 years old at that time, okay? So, Cora J, 20 years old, already looking like a star, beating your top woman in the promotion or in the brand. Mm -hmm. I think Cora J is probably going to be one of the – along with Braun Breaker, both of them are going to be future world champions.
1: Future's looking bright for NXT 2.0, but it looks like we're going to be missing – A couple of bright spots Jose what happened to close out NXT
0: yeah man so uh, Gargano uh, giving his nice little speech uh, reminding you know just kind of letting everybody know that uh, he appreciated everyone's support during his tryout and the effort of getting him signed it wasn't for the NXT universe he would never be in a position where he is today um but now that he needs to concentrate on his new job starting february which is the job of being a dad and um and one thing that he made sure that the audience knew was that never be afraid to bet on yourself because when you bet when, you're, when you when you bet on yourself you never lose and a lot of people can identify with that uh but after that heartfelt speech man uh he got attacked by Grayson got that chair shot powerbomb through the table uh and Grayson Waller standing tall way to way to put over Grayson on your way out
1: yeah and man it just sucks like this is gonna be the first time in a long time we're gonna have NXT without arguably you know the heart of NXT and Johnny Gargano not there
0: the great one of The the greatest NXT performers of all time
1: the rebel heart in Johnny Wrestling because uh, there's already been plenty of pictures and videos that have been released on social media, uh, that shows what happened after the cameras went off. And you know, Shawn Michaels came out there and gave a big hug, Kyle Riley came out there too. Uh, and we're embracing uh, being embraced by Shawn Michaels. And then there was a moment with uh, uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa just sitting down in the middle of the ring, you know, kind of like those, those heartfelt moments that we've always seen between them. In, when you know the run as diy especially when they would lose big title matches and they would just sit down in the ring like Mm -hmm. that for me made it feel more fresh more official than it did on sunday because after the cameras went off on sunday johnny was just on the top turnbuckle sitting and talking with the crowd and he said i have a lot of my mind and i'll tell you guys everything on tuesday and it felt like you know could this be could he really be resigning or something like that but everything that we saw afterwards on tuesday night last night it just feels like it's that official and it looks like Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly are gonna be off to uh other pastures
0: yeah have to I quickly think, uh,
1: assume where they're gonna go but it's kind of hard to not you know, assume where they're
0: gonna go so so oh, I think only one of them is gonna go to aew I don't think they're both gonna go to aew I think uh I think Kyle O'Reilly might make his way over there yeah, maybe reunite maybe with fish and yeah. uh and Red and, dragons uh, and Cole. back hole. Yeah, so I think he might end up with AEW, but I th- honestly think Gargano is going to take some time off to be a dad, have some parental time, you know, have some time with the, with the baby. Uh, Candice, her contract's up sometime in spring next year. Um, so I think they both are going to re-sign together at some point next year. I think they're both going to come back to WWE, hopefully NXT, but if they come to the roster, to the main roster, But I have the feeling that it's going to be both of them signing the same time. And it's going to be probably about a year from now, maybe a year and a half, just to give Candles Ray some time to get her body back in shape and have her body get back to normal.
1: Yeah, that seems very, very plausible. You would think, yeah, the the same way that they were here in NXT at the same time, that the next place that they go to should be the same thing. And especially as brand new parents, because having a newborn baby while you're trying to work a road schedule is not going to be the easiest thing to do. So uh, I think you're completely right there. I easily think Kyle O'Reilly is immediately going to be over in AEW as soon as he can. And Red Dragon is going to be back, uh, especially when you have arguably one of the promotions with the best tag team divisions. Why not have Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish added into the equation with FTR with the Lucha Brothers, with Jurassic Express, with the Young Bucks, you know, we can keep going on with the tag team. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that happen in uh AEW, especially with Adam Cole baby still being there and all the things they can allude to. It makes the most sense. And like you said, he's he's married, but he doesn't have any kids. So this if you're gonna do it, now's the time to do it. And give some time to Johnny and to Candace because they've been working their asses off for these last few years. Welcome to Parenthood, and good luck to both of you <laughs> I, I
0: I completely agree. Uh, guys, sound off in the comments. Let us know what your score for NXT 2.0 was this week. Uh, while I read this comment from Anthony Manzano watching us on Facebook, asking, Jose, besides Johnny, who can you guys see on the NXT roster who's an enduring competitor transition well to being a producer? Because that's what it seems WWE is doing with some of these indie guys. Yes. Now, it should be noted that we have seen, and we've talked about this earlier in the top story, uh, former workers, former pro wrestlers who turn into producers. We've seen the case of Jason Jordan, where he has a debilitating neck issue where he cannot compete. Same thing with T.J. Wilson, Natalia's husband. Uh, he's also a former worker who produces and has produced some incredible matches. And WWE has had history of hiring former workers as producers usually tends to work the best way. Um, Johnny Gargano seems to me that maybe sometime somewhere down the line when he's ready to hang up the boots, I think he can definitely fill in that position of a producer. He has a creative mind for it. He can play a heel. He can play a, a face. He can do anything. He can do, do, put on a great match. He can give you a great promo. Uh, so he knows the business in and out. He is a staple of NXT. And I think having him in, in a producer capacity um, is something that's not that far-fetched. Yeah, I feel like if anybody right
1: now in the NXT roster, uh, it de- to me, it depends on how long LA Knight wants to keep going uh, with Eli Knight. Like He's getting up there. He's getting older, and there might not be as much space for him everywhere else and he does feel more like again the like black and gold that's why they had him on team black and gold as opposed to NXT 2.0 he has mm-hmm. plenty of experience he's great on the mic so if there's anybody that's going to help any of these younger guys because remember NXT 2.0 is all gonna is gonna be all about these younger talent not non-indie talent especially with the announcement of the signees from the new nil program the next in line program mm-hmm. you see how great uh, L.A. Knight is on the mic. He would be an amazing person to lead like a promo class and he could also transition that into being a, a match producer as well. So uh, anybody on the NXT roster right now uh, outside of Tommaso Ciampa because it feels like he's going to want to wrestle as long as he can because mm-hmm. that's just what he loves to do. I think L.A. Knight would be that kind of guy that could transition from an in-ring p- competitor to a producer, you know, slash a, an instructor backstage. I
0: agree. I think that, that that's definitely a good choice and I just looked up... uh La Knight's uh, age. He's he's the same age as I am. So I would probably be entering. Because you know, if I was still in the business that in that active way, I would probably be entering that producer's role as well. You know, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right, guys. Uh, let me read some of your uh, scores here. CRC, Christopher Ryan Cooper, eight. I really enjoyed NXT this week. Uh, let's see what else, guys. I asked for your scores. You guys didn't put them in. And this is the part <laughs> of the show where I read off your scores. Uh, but while you go ahead and type in your scores, I'm going to be a little bit more judgy this week on on NXT. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, the reason I'm going to give it a seven, like I mentioned at the, at the top of the show or where we were getting into the segment, it started off good. It ended good. It was in the middle or it kind of lost me all over the place for the exception of the Braun Breaker segment. Everything else is just kind of in and out. I really didn't feel uh, connected, especially in a um, post pay-per-view show like this one i felt like this should have been more established uh so yeah so seven good opening good close, sucky middle yeah
1: i'm i'm gonna be a little bit more harsh and i'm gonna say 6.5 just because some of it felt like it was retreading because we're continuing on with Cameron grimes and duke hudson that's still a thing that's gonna be happening here uh I think uh, the reveal of the shaman being Matt Riddle, it makes sense now in hindsight. Now when we think about it, we didn't think about anybody active roster. We always thought it was somebody not active that it could be. Mm -hmm. He fits the total bill to be the shaman, to be an MSK like person, uh, which I thought was great. Uh, I did like that. They're going to be putting some new people in in the women's division, like in the women's uh, title picture with core Jade. I think that's going to be awesome. But we're still doing the Brown Breaker and Tommaso Champion. yes, I get it. He is going to be the next champion at some point. Now that they're one and one and pay-per-view matches, he's probably going to get the win as uh, Tommaso puts him over. But other than that, it's, you know, they're trying to set up these new storylines. And just like you said, it's coming off of the first ever non-takeover pay-per-view for NXT 2.0. You kind of hope that it would do something crazy, hit us, you know, knock some things out of the park. No, it felt like they played it really safe and they started to... St- develop new storylines between people, but there wasn't anything, like you said, that really captured us, that engaged us. It was really kind of just waiting for, A, the match, and B, what
0: was Johnny Gargano going to say? You know, what was his message? And I think that that was definitely the main focus this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and not only that, not only that it was the main focus, but now we got New Year's Evil that's coming in a few weeks, okay? So probably next week, we may start seeing uh, things shape up for new year's Eve, So, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, all right guys. Well, that is it for tonight's show. I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us for just a little over 50 minutes here on sports, Keto wrestling. Remember to like share and subscribe engage with the show. Want to see more likes on there, more laugh emojis, more angry emojis. Just go ahead and sound off in the comments as well. Share your, uh, this broadcast in your favorite wrestling group. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching us on YouTube, give us a like, share, and subscribe. Smash that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand new content. We got stuff dropping on the daily. Vince Russo, Dutch Mantel, myself. We also got the great Bill Apter from Pro Wrestling Illustrated working us with us now here on Sports Sportskeeda. And my Dallas page as well. So we got tons of stuff dropping on the daily for you guys. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for Rico El Glorioso, I'm Jose G. Catch us tomorrow at 8 p.m. on our Recons of Wrestling show. That's also going to be live on Facebook and on YouTube, so go ahead and give us a like and a subscribe over there as well. Uh, so, guys, remember, when you're watching wrestling, make sure you do the most important thing, which is what, Rico?
1: Enjoy Enjoy
0: wrestling. Yeah! Have a good night, guys.
1: Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Watch out!